episode of Progression Over Destination. In case this is your first time tuning in, my name is Jack Maroney and I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew Price. Last week, we caught up with Dylan Gilligan from Upstate Merch out in America. This guy is a must-listen if you're in the world of screen printing. From start with just a pin badge machine to now owning his dream shop, he is definitely one to go and check out. This week, we have Sheffield-based entrepreneur and owner of Yeo Familia, Kirk Diggler. From mind management to business development, this guy talks the talk and walks the walk. Yet another incredible guest to have on that shows how being nice gets you somewhere these days, but being old school will always be the way to go. Please enjoy the episode. Welcome to Progression Over Destination. If you could just state your name, your occupation, and your favourite beige snack, please. Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Kirk Diggler. Uh, my occupation is I am, well, you want the official title? I am the CEO and founder of uh, Yale Familiar, and I'm also the podcast host for uh, Who the Fuck's Diggler. And my favorite uh, beige snack. I, see, I, I, I'm not quite sure about this one. I don't know whether this comes under beige snack, but I. Oh, you'd be uh, surprised. Apple, apple crumble is my favorite type Ooh. of beige, beigey colored snack. Do you snack Sweet on tough. an apple crumble? Um, I can do because they do. Obviously, Morrison's make a nice, nice small apple crumble. It's like, like, they like do, that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, so yeah, I can snack on an apple crumble. Yeah, occasionally. Um, but yeah, so that, it, that will probably be it. Unless you're talking very basic, then it's probably going to be a chocolate chip cookie. Oof, done. Easy. Yeah. Nice. Simple. Logistics. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you can get one straight away. Um, so, how did you start Yale? Did you get funding? How did I start Yale? Uh, self-funded. Um, well, basically, I had a couple of tattoo shops in Sheffield, and um, I basically came across a product. Well, I mean, I'll just tell you the, the, the basic story. I was at um, uh, oh, Tattoo Jam in Doncaster. Uh, and it was, I think it was 2012. <coughs> Pardon, excuse me. Uh, I've not got the Rona, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> so it's about 2000, yeah, 2012, 2013. We were at um, Tattoo Jam and I met, uh, I think it was the lady from Greener Options and she was just launching Black Powder. Yeah. And uh, I was, oh, this is, surely this is never going to take off. It's a rinse cup, you can, you, know, you can just pour it away. And then uh, I actually got offered some from because I had a contact over in uh, in the Far East. Basically, essentially the same the same product, not from the same manufacturer, but the same essential product um, for over in the UK. And I just thought, you know what, they seem to be doing all right. Why not? We'll just give it a go. So it started. That was the very first product of Yeo was uh, the Solidify powder, and it was just self funded because obviously I had a couple of tattoo shops at the time, and I, I just launched it as so like as from that tattoo shop and that was that was it um and the reason it's called yayo is because the the powder that we launched the solidified powder it came in dissolvable bags and it looked like little bags of cocaine uh, so that that's why we called it yayo because it was uh like chichi ayo from scarface amazing that's, amazing. So that's, that's where the name awesome. comes from i am um, i was at a convention i got given some um what, cocaine in no, well, I actually did, yeah. Um, <laughs> some, some, some of your uh, little white bags. Yeah, and, uh, this sounds even worse. And yeah, we had, we, we were, they were very, they were very sly in giving them out. They were like, you grab two for the entire convention. And I was like, yeah, I bought a big old pouch of them. But then I realised when I got back home that 
I could use wallpaper paste to do a similar sort of thing. <laughs> so it was like the cheap man's like option was to like have a bit of wallpaper paste next to my. You know uh, what you can do? There's a there's a load of stuff. To be fair, if you really thought about it, you could use flour. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. could just you could just tip flour in. It's anything to thicken up the wall. <laughs> um, it would do that. But essentially, all it is is where they use this primarily. Uh, where we sell a lot of it too, we sell more of it too. Actually, is um, nursing homes. Wow. Okay. Uh, That's cool. Villages and things like that. So it's used um, in medical environments. So like hospitals use it for spillages, people throwing up, and things like that. And uh, we sell to a couple of airlines as well because they have it in their uh, sick bags. Nice. Ah. Okay. So um, so yeah, but I mean the, the tattoo community is actually quite quite low in in the uh, the amount that it uses of it. Um, but, um, it, it, that's, we can't get rid of it because that was the whole brand. The whole brand is all around. That why, did, why did obviously familiar on the end is obviously your family. Is that the reason behind adding the Yayo family on the end of it? No, the familiar is basically because it was, Yayo is a, is a Spanish word. It's the Cuban slang for cocaine. Right. So familia was basically just another a Spanish word to just tag on the end because we couldn't get the domain name yayo.co.uk. <laughs> Uh, so, like the drug dealer had already taken that one. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the combos can we have? And then it was a friend of mine who uh, who actually bought one of my tattoo shops when I sold them. Uh, Nick Kilby. He was like, "Oh, why don't you try Familiar?" And I was just like, "Oh, that's not a bad idea." And there they were. They were like all three of the domains: dot com, dot uk, dot co uk. And I was like, "Bang, straight in. That'll do me." Crazy. Very nice. Crazy. Um, so, do you utilize you to like pay any tradesmen for like building things? Like, say, for example, you gave like someone to like some of your products to build a website for you or do you work, <laughs> do, you, do you work in that? Yeah. No, do, do I do, I do uh, you mean, are you being serious as in like, do yeah. I uh, give them, so you, I'm going to give uh, like a plaster or some solidified powder to, uh, to do some, <laughs> some no, but like, like to help, help your business in some kind of way. So do you have like a shop no. or anything that you, you use? No, no, uh, no, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a straight up, pay money for services type of guy. I'm not one of these, uh, I'll swap time for time. The, uh, the amount of time I see tattooists actually doing this on Facebook saying, oh, I need some electrical work doing, um, I'll swap it for some tattoo time. You're actually doing yourselves out of money because you charge more than, a ta- uh, than an electrician. So just paying for the time and then, you know, wow them with them, the work that you do and then they'll come back and they'll get some stuff from you. Otherwise, you, you're actually doing yourself out of money that way. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've come across sort of stuff like that with work. I've stopped oh, doing it. There's only like one or two people that I'll do it with now. And that's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm one of, you know, you got to think about it. Who, who charges 70 quid an hour? Like yeah. for any sort of trade work, it's very, very rare. Gonna, unless you're in London, it's very rare you're going to come across that. But, yeah. uh, you know, so basically you're giving away an hour what it would take them two. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that was that was really fair. Um, so, how do you feel about people in like the same industry as you? Like, there's obviously there's different like there's sorry mum and all that sort of stuff. Do you feel that they're good at what you do? And are you ever checking like their social media to think that you're not doing as well or anything? Or like you find yourself in, comparing your yeah. business or your attitude towards the way you run your business compared to other people? Because I find I do it so much. I'm horrific i would be lying if i said i didn't check my competition i think to be a good business you need to 
um, you need to be knowing your competition's products better than they do. You need to know yeah. the competition marketing better than they do because you you need to know not only what they're doing right, you need to know what they're doing wrong so you don't make the same mistakes. And there's a lot of people in business and their school of thought will be, um, you know, don't be checking on your competition. Just focus on your own stuff, which is fine. That's great. Obviously, don't be constantly comparing yourself to other people, but at least know their stuff and at least know yeah. what people are up to because, you know, it's, it's, all about, it's all about the name of the game at the end of the day. And, and marketing, that's a lot of where I, what I tend to do in business is, is the marketing side of things is that you need to do that in order to um, be one step ahead. I guess it's, health, it's kind of healthy competition because um, I was talking about getting a, another screen printer from locally around here to come onto the studio to my uh, to come onto the podcast to my partner. She's like, I don't think that's a good idea. I said, Well, I think it would look good to have your competition and actually talk to them and have like an open book with them. Absolutely. Um, and I think they'd be really up for it as well. She seems really nice. So I'm yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's no reason that you need to be um, have any animosity towards your competition like at all. Yeah. If you if you actually break down the numbers and look at it objectively, there is plenty of business for everyone. Yeah. It doesn't matter what business you're in, there is plenty of it for everybody. Now, I, I'm not necessarily um, against competition whatsoever, so long as the competition is fair. That yeah. that's the only thing I. Um, that I kind of hold dear really is that people are playing by the same rules. If they're playing by the same rules, then that's, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that there's at least one brand that's quite well known in the UK, which I will not mention any names. And I know they don't play by the same rules, yeah. but like, I know that there are other brands on there that I would probably have on my podcast and I, and I would like have a sit down chat. I'd have, I'd have a sit down, have a cup of tea or a beer or whatever. Yeah. But, and, um, I think it's absolutely fine. I've even discussed it with one who's a competition of like doing um, like a marketing almost um, what's the word as if we're having taking pot shots at each other. So from, <laughs> everyone, cool. else, oh, from everyone else's point of view, from yeah. else well, war, but for us, we know it's just, you know, we've already pre-planned it. It's, it's actually, good publicity you know, to get you both. Yeah. Kick, if, you, if you think about it, it's like it's it's the it's the origins of tattooing anyway, right? So like everyone's fucking slagging off everybody in tattooing, or used to be. It's getting a lot better. Yeah. Everyone's getting a lot nicer, and it's paying to be nice now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It never used to be. When I started out, I was like, Nah, you never tattoo. You're a fucking sc- you are your shit. You're drawing crap. Like, yeah, draw draw with this like draw with this standing blade onto this desk because that's the way we used to do it you know <laughs> it's like but now like everyone's a bit more friendly and like a bit more like accommodating like and you can have that like there's enough skin to go around you know there, there's there enough style to go around as well <laughs> and not only that there's, uh, there's always going to be new skin turning 18 yeah yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like there's always going to be new business. There's always going to be new people that are going to need tattoo aftercare. There's always going to be new people that are going to want um, different tattoos from different artists. So it's, it, like I say, there's, there's plenty of business to go around literally for everyone. And there's, there's no reason to be um, territorial. And I, honestly, I have been territorial. I have been that guy with my tattoo shops. I was really territorial about 
I didn't want people opening on the same street as me. And it's only as I've grown in, in, in business and as a person, and that's taken a lot of soul searching and, and looking within myself because I, I do read a lot and I do a lot of um, reading about how your mind works and you know how, you, how your brain sort of like lies to you a lot of the time. Fascinating, it's, isn't it? I've looked at it from that angle and just gone, you know what, there's literally no reason to have these disagreements and issues with, uh, with other business owners because they're just, they've got the same worries and the same issues as you do. Yeah. And there is enough business to go around. Yeah. I see, um, I see a lot of breweries doing like tap takeovers and like they do yeah. brews together and stuff. Um, like would you, or would you, or have you collaborated with anyone in the past or like, are you ever open to collaborating with other people or is there even room 100%. to coll collaborate? hundred percent. Yeah. I, yeah. I would definitely, a collaboration with like you know hustle butter for example or yeah. uh, like penny black you know i would definitely do a, yeah, yeah. like a collaboration with it with, with those guys you know what i mean and just put something out that's quite like a limited edition yeah 100 yeah. percent. what about artists like you know there's there's certain artists that release different color inks would you like go to like using like a certain smell for certain artists i don't know like i know what yours would be pricey yours would be shit <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, Thanks, man. You are, you, you are brutal. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, we've actually got that in the works. We've already got one blend already made for um, Paul Levey, who's one of our pro team artists. Um, and all of our pro team are going to have their own blend. Uh, it would, they were meant to be launched nice. in March. March has gone to shit. Uh, yeah. So um, we're just going to get everything back to normal. Once everything's up and running, we've got all our own uh, seasonal blends anyway. And then we're going to um, launch the artist ranges. So we've got like a few that are going to be coming out and we're just going to like slowly release and see how the first one takes and then just, just go from there. So yeah, we, we will be doing that. Amazing. Is Colin Whitfield, is it? Your, yeah. One of your artists, me? Yeah, he, got, yeah, he's one. Of, yeah. He's, he's such a nice guy, man. I, met, I went and got a tattooed in Devon um, before this sort of crap went down. And the boy that works at the shop, Dom, did like some yeah. stuff on my arm. Really like super cool guys, really nice guys, really nice shop. But it was good. Like I met Dom at a convention and it was like back to that original. It was like back to what I was saying earlier on, like everyone's starting to be nice, you know, like, and I, I've, I found like the more that I've put my foot in the door with like this industry, like, and the more that I've proved myself rather than being like a mouse, like I've just like, had these doors opening for me and like I was building machines that, that like not massively just well assembling machines not actually building them and I was showing him some machines and he was just like I need one of those so you know it's just nice yeah <laughs> it's good man. It, pay, it, it you know it does pay to be nice it doesn't pay to be a dickhead it does it does it does bite you in the arse eventually and you know people just don't want to associate with those people that are like, generally dickheads so it, it does yeah. re there's no reason to be arsy with people there's no reason to be off with people so um yeah, yeah and and um yeah don's on our team uh david from that studio is on our team they're both on support team and colin's in our pro team yeah his work is insane man. It's oh it so is good. and you're and you're absolutely right he's such a lovely guy he's genuinely really really down to earth he's always he's always got a nice word to say about everyone i've literally never heard a bad word yeah about anyone ever nah. he was um, he was just like at the end of having my tattoo he was we were having a chat about lighting and about like how you can take the best photographs and he's really into his photography so that is paying off yeah. with his work man like you can see yeah. like his well-lit photographs of his work and like the you know the precision of his tattooing is just incredible he's like 
really really good guy man like and like i guess I, I i came home and sent him a message and i was like what was that light you were telling me about and like instantly there was an amazon link you know just to be like yo dude that's where it, that's this is what i've been using it was lovely to meet you you know it was just compared to what i was used to when i first started that was like a, like you know those things go a long way when you've been treated like shit at the start yeah so. absolutely mate. yeah 100 percent agree with you He's uh, he's really accommodating, and at the end of the day, I mean that just goes to show that he's, there's no reason to have fear about your your competition because your competition can just be your mates just as much as anyone else, mm-hmm. and there is enough to go around. And and like he's definitely at the forefront of the type of people that, that know that. Like you know, like yeah. he, he, he wouldn't. I can I can believe that 100 percent about Colin. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. So super cool. So would you reach out to like Hasselbutter to ask for a collaboration? <laughs> <laughs> like I know, obviously, I, the the magnitude of of that. But would I would I reach out to uh, Richie Bulldog to uh, to do a collaboration? Yeah, why not? I mean, I would do absolutely. You know, yeah. He's human as I'm, well. Like he he, he is human <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, actually, do you know what funny story? When I first launched our first aftercare, so the first aftercare that we launched, the brand was name was slightly different. It was called Sigma, so it was called Sigma Clean. And we had Yeo, which was so the Yeo was just the, the powder and Sigma Clean was the was the butter. And but long story short, it was too convoluted to try and promote two separate brands that were meant to represent the same company. So that's why we brought everything under Yeo. Um everything started going from that. But when we first launched it, I was when I was putting it on our Instagram, I was using the hashtag hustle butter. <laughs> Because people were looking for it, and I got a message from Richie Bulldog, and it was the most polite cease and desist. Like, <laughs> no way. Yeah, no, there was no threats. There was no like, oh, I'm going to take legal action. He was just like, come on, man, just just shout your own brand as loud and as often as you can, and let people around you sort of like know it and feel it and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like you don't need to go off of anyone else's sort of like popularity and I just messaged back and it's like you know what that's the real that's the politest message I could have got from like <laughs> problem at all and that was it and I just stopped from that day and never used it since because he was just fucking amazing <laughs> do you still have that message? Uh I probably have it somewhere yeah I could find it somewhere yeah you have to sc- you have to screenshot that and like send it over I would love uh, we'll to do. Yeah, that's amazing. It was, it was genuinely really nice. I yeah, didn't was, expect that at all. <laughs> no, no, he could, he could have been a dick. He could have just been yeah. like, "What you?" But and he wasn't at all. He was just genuinely quite nice. It comes across differently. His persona comes across differently online. Is what that message was. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we've had not not cross words. We've had a different sort of like message backwards and forwards since then, which I'll I'll, I'll not go into. But it wasn't anything to sort of like write home about. Yeah, but um, it, it was quite nice. I was, I was quite, I was genuinely quite taken aback by that. But, um, but yeah, would I reach out to? I don't think thingies with Richie Bulldog and Russell Butter, they wouldn't need to do a collaboration because they're the yeah. biggest in the world. Let's, let's be honest, they're the, they're the biggest ones. That everyone sort of like they were the. I don't know if they were the original. I've heard the story that Richie Bulldog copied the formula of. Uh, I think it's called like Redemption or something like that. Um, I don't know how true that is. So. Um, it's probably not true, but you know how these rumors sort of start. Yeah. Um, don't know whether Richie Bulldog's also butter came first as the original, like aftercare, outside of like the Panthen, or whether it was this Redemption other company. But yeah, they were definitely one of the first to um, get global. They were probably the first to go global. Yeah. Uh, 
and he, I think it was him and um, Killer Inc. Is it uh, Leif that runs uh, Killer Inc.? I think they went into it together to form uh, Blood and Butter Limited Company in the UK, and uh, and then they've sort of like helped catapult Hustle Butter to where it is today. And mm-hmm. you know, he's done an amazing job with just essentially the one blend of aftercare yeah. in making it global. Everybody knows who Hustle Butter is. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, are there any mottos or mantras that you live by? You mentioned like you read a lot with to do with the mind. So I've, I feel like you've got some sort of connection to to yourself. Yeah, I mean, personally speaking, I've always had issues with um, just, just to be bluntly honest, but actually issues with anger and jealousy is that it's, I'm always of the belief that someone's going to fuck me over. And it was um, dating my, my girlfriend, and she was pulling me up on it. She was just like, I'm, I'm not going to cope with your suspicious bullshit. I'm not going to cope with your um, getting pissed off over nothing bullshit. You need to look into it. So I did. I, I, got, a, uh, I got a book. It was recommended to me, actually. It was from, uh, from the gym that I was uh, going to in Sheffield, uh, Titanium Strength Gym, so Strongman Gym. And uh, there's a woman who trains there called Kelly, and she uh, she works in this field, and she recommended a book called The Chimp Paradox. I've read that. I've got it on Audible, and I've listened to it uh, four times now. Yeah. And each time I listen to it, I take something new away from it, and it was that book that opened my eyes to my own personality. It was almost like someone was writing the book based on everything, all the good and negative aspects of what I do. And I was like, shit. You know, yeah. you, you know, you get the dawning realization of, you know, you, you realize at some point that actually what you're doing is dickish and not right. And you've, you've just gone down, you've fallen into this path, probably from stuff from your childhood and things like that. And it's just sort of like shaped the way who you are. And this is just all about self-development and self-growth is that, um, that started with this book. And honestly, it's, it's definitely been like a massive, has had a massive effect on me positively from a personal aspect and from a from a business aspect so i guess the personal mantra that i tend to live by is never stop learning literally never stop learning i will listen to as many podcasts read as many books as i can that will help me develop as a person and yeah. as a businessman that's class i'm definitely gonna have to read that book i've been recommending it, it so many times um so i've got it you can have it off me because I, I, I only ever read it when I need to, like, <laughs> I've, I've read it when I've been at, like, right, sort your shit out. That's when I've yeah. read it. And, I've, and, and there was parts of it was just, like, basically explains, like, the, the Neanderthal you. And it's like, yeah. sort your fucking Neanderthal you out, get rid of yeah. that, and, and put yourself in line. And, like, I love that book, man. It's, it's, it's so fucking good. I'm going to have to get it on Audible. I really struggle to sit and, and read. If you, if you, yeah, I can't yeah. do that either. You get it on Audible, here's my tip, listen to it on 1.25 speed because the guy reading it who wrote the book <laughs> will send you to sleep. He is boring <laughs> as fucking sin. I is there swear. a faster right. option than 1.25? There is. Yeah, there is. You can read it two speed, three speed. You can get faster. But honestly, it, it, it's, he's so boring. But the book itself, like I said, I listened to it four times. Wow. I recommend literally anyone. It is such a good book. And it is. And The Chimp Pyrox is... What it essentially is, is that um, everyone has this inner chimp that's a throwback from, like you said, the Neanderthal days. 
and it's the chimp that that gets offended it's the chimp that gets angry and it's the chimp that does all this stuff and it's about controlling your chimp to stop it getting off the lead and going fucking ape shit and ruining your life yeah 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 yes i i love it it's like the analogies in it the metaphors it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the black, the black dog with depression it sounds like i don't know that one yeah that's a really that's a really good one to look into but yeah it sounds like controlling that black dog keeping it on a leash essentially yeah yeah but i love i love audible man i mean i uh I've got so many business books on Audible. It's it's unreal from sort of marketing to social media marketing to web development to personal mindset growth and everything else. Yeah, I've got so many. It just goes on and on. Like the list goes on. I, I like one of the one of my favorite. Uh, I know we didn't talk about books, but I'm telling you anyway. No, that's fine. One of, my, one of my favorite business books is the E Myth. It's called the E Myth Revisited, and it's all about systemizing your business. And it's so you can spend less time having to be in your business and more time having personal time. So it's, it's actually putting systems in place in order to um, make all your shit just run a lot smoother. Yeah. Nice. It's the McDonald's method. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever sort of like learned about how McDonald's works, but McDonald's is what they call a turnkey business. And it's like one of the original franchises that works just by you take a manual and the manual literally tells you how everything works from turning on to the grills to managing staff. Yeah. And yeah. everything in, in the middle, if you want to know what time to flip a burger, you turn to the right page and it will tell you, put it on this side, flip it over to that side after so many seconds. And that it literally is what it, and if, what you need in any business is the ability. If you were incapacitated for any length of time that someone could just walk in, pick up this manual and know instantly how everything works yeah and that's what the e-myth teaches you it's such a good book see that's something i really struggle with because i've i've only i've only it's my third this would have been my third year in business now as a screen printer and i taught myself how to do it from youtube so there's no actual i don't actually know the right way i only know the way that i've learned so to be able yeah. to put it into a manual context and for so my i employed my mate um Gethin, and to be able to put it in a book and be like, this is how it's done. It's technically probably impossible for screen printing for him anyway, to, to be able to show more practically hands-on. So fuck if I go. Well, you, you always say that you want to work smarter, not harder. That's one of the things you always want to do, Jack. Yeah. So like maybe that would be a good thing for you to do is to fucking sit down and write something like that for like, say if you, chose to take someone else on for screen printing again then yeah. you could like just give them that fucking manual and be like read that <laughs> get on yeah. with that manual you've got uh, how-to videos we've made how-to videos within uh, yayo on how yeah. to make blends of butters and stuff like that um we like all of our so like making all the butters all the recipes are all literally right there to be able to pick up it's all digitized so you can, they can just get in you get the password to go straight through and you can just go step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, do this. And it's just like you, like you could walk in, have this manual and go, right, I know how to make Yale Prime and just go bosh, 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 bosh. Yeah. And done. Um, what was the password? Is it... <laughs> <laughs> the kernel on the video. Are you the kernel that has got like the secret recipe? That's so, like... it. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm not because he's my business partner that's actually the magician in that, that side of things. <laughs> Um, yeah. do, you, do you want to know the story of yeah. like that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
so I've got the tattoo shop. Um, it was the original, so I got two, and I was in the original tattoo shop up at Crooks. And Megan, my now business partner, she opened a skincare shop three doors away. And um, obviously, Yeo had already launched as the solidifying powder. And I just wanted, uh, I wanted a, a like competition to hustle butter. Essentially, I wanted, I wanted to launch our own aftercare. So I walked in to her shop. Never met her before in my life. Well, I am Kirk. I own the uh, tattoo shop down the road. And she's such a nice she, Megan. She's so so nice. And uh, she's like, oh, we're having a chat. And I said, look, do you fancy uh, making an aftercare blend for for tattoos? Because it's something that like I want to get into. So she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down for that. So I said, all right. So like, I just pointed it in the direction of right. Well, this is hustle butter. It's not like what people have sort of like going for. She's like, right, okay, that's got this in it, this in it, this in it. I can I could make something sort of similar, but I'd like to put my own spin on it. And I was just like, yeah, you know, go for it and just see what we do. And then she came up with the first blend, which was um, Sigma Clean, which is now Yale Clean. Um, and that was it. And all I literally said to her was that it needs to be soft. Uh, I'd like it to heal tattoos fast. And I'd like it to be sort of cost effective for, for the end user. That, that was essentially the brief that I gave her. Yeah. And then yeah, about a week later, she came back with a few samples and... Uh, it went from there really so she's she's the magician behind it so we came became partners after that yeah and, um so she's like the wizard so anytime i'm say to an hour i get like a, an idea off the top of my head and i'll just be like oh i want a stencil solution and i want it to smell like floss go and <laughs> that's it. so but that took us six months six months of samples and backwards and forwards because it was so complex because um it, obviously, it needs to be able to work on uh, Thermofax paper. It needs to work on carbon paper. Yeah. And you could get it for months. You could get it to work on one or the other and not both. And it was just the age she was tinkering with this recipe. Anyway, it took six months, but she got there. But, yeah, that's what I do is I just go like, oh, Megan, I've got this idea. And you just see her face go, oh, God, really? <laughs> no, no, just hear me out. It's easy. Just hear me out. And then I'll say, and then I just leave it with her and then, a day or a week or a month later, she'll come back with like samples and then we go from there. That's class. That's amazing. That's really cool. Just work really well together because I'm really focused on the business side of thing, being the front end guy. Obviously I know all the artists and I speak to all the artists all the time. So I come from a very customer services marketing sort of like background and that's how I run the business from that side of things. And she's very creative in like the, the wizardry that what she does, you know, she's a yeah. skincare. That's, you can't That's have just, one without the other, can you? You know, you're no, at the front end. Dude, we do work, yeah, we do work really, really well. Yeah, and she good. brings me down. You know, I was saying you know, about the chimp paradox and stuff, and I can yeah. get quite hot-headed at times because I get really excitable. Yeah. So I can get quite hot-headed, and she's really chill. Yeah. Like, really, really chill. So she balances out that whole yin-yang is sort of perfect. Amazing. Good to have. Yeah. That's really good. That's amazing. Um, so... Have you felt like that you've ever been over, overwhelmed with the way that your business runs together with her and like overwhelmed with your customer needs and like what is needed of you to run like you? No, we, we have, we've, we've crossed swords now and again, uh, we've locked horns, you know, it's um, because we have, we have a different management style and her management style is very, very sort of laid back and mine's probably a little bit too on top. You know, like uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I mean, I'm learning to be better. I'm overly critical where it is not necessary. You know what I mean? Because I'm a perfectionist. I want, I want, I want this, but I want it now. Yeah. And she's very laid back. She's like, "Don't worry about it. They'll get to it, or we'll get to it, or, or such and such." So that that's the only time we've ever sort of like um, we've ever locked horns is over sort of like you know 
management sort of issues. Um, but in all, in all fairness, I tend to sort of like back down and let her have the final bit because I know that she's right at the end of the day because she's got a very, she's so nice. Megan's, she's just <laughs> so nice. And like everybody loves Megan and there's a good reason for it is because she's just such a lovely person. She's such a kind hearted person is that that's what you want in the person that manages your staff and that's the that's what you want in the um in that sort of environment so no i've never felt overwhelmed at all because i know that she's always got my back and we we just work really really well as a team yeah what about like in the beginning when you first started yeah and all the orders started coming in and you started to actually find some traction with the business did you actually were you a bit take as you said taken aback by the the growth what did it take no no because because i had two shops at the time so i had space to to grow and, and utilize other areas you know in order to to like hold stock and things like that and i had a in my uh first shop at crooks uh we did out like i paid a few grand to do out the whole basement so it was uh watertight and sterile so we could store a lot obviously a lot of like packaging and products and things like that down there and then yeah we would just ship it from that point of view. And then once it got too big, we just took it step by step. I just, we just, I just approached and said, Oh, we're probably going to need some premises now, but <laughs> we've got orders coming through the door that we can afford it. So shall I look for somewhere? And she was just like, yeah, yeah, fine. And we just, we just took it one step at a time. And yeah. I remember, I think 2016, maybe 2017. Is it around there? Somewhere, yeah, 2017, I think maybe. Um, that we, took on uh, the warehouse that we're in now but uh we just took on the top floor at this point because that was the only one that was available and uh when we started filling that up and we were just like shit actually we need more space because we've got we've, we've turned essentially what was the office into the entire sort of sterile clean prep room where we make yeah. everything and we need to now start storing the products that we are making because we're shipping that much out then the guy downstairs he was um he was a joiner uh, he moved out, and so I spoke to the landlord, and I said, "Oh, can we have the downstairs unit as well?" So he was like, "Yeah," and that's where we're that's where we're at today. And um, yeah, it just kind of grew organically. We'd, I never really looked on it ever being overwhelming because it was just a case of, "All right, well, we need this now." All it's right, happening. Yeah. You were just going, yeah, but, going with the strike. Looking, yeah, that that was just it. Yeah, so, right. do, where do you see? You said it's grown like obviously with the, with the joiner moving out and stuff, where do you see your business in a year's time? And is it anything exciting in your pipeline? Like you obviously mentioned the, the artists, like the yeah. pro artist thing, but is there anything else that you want to mention? Yeah, we're going, um, we're going down the uh, lush route. Um, so we're actually looking further ahead into more mainstream markets into sort of like body butters, moisturizers, body scrubs, uh bath bombs smelly balls yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can have that one that's on me <laughs> i'll have some of that uh, we're uh, moving into um yeah we're moving into that market so lush you know like rather than it being so like hustle butter or like you say sorry mom and people like that it's actually now lush that we're looking at as our competition uh, because I feel like we do, we, we service like the tattoo industry really well. We've got a really good customer service record. We've got a good rapport with the artists uh, that we feel like um, that's that's ticking over nicely. And we love going to the conventions and we love um, speaking with all you guys that uh, that buy all the products. 
that we just want to like look into new markets now that we can also branch out into and and like Lush's market is probably the the bigger market that we could think so of. That's big, yeah, that's good. I like I like to go after the big boys, you know. Yeah. In this case, the the big competition doesn't scare me, and that's a, that's the thing with um, a lot of business owners. They get worried about the big boys in the industry. Yeah, and I was recently chatting to because I was looking at opening a coffee shop, and I was uh, I was thinking about doing a like coffee shop chain. That's the thing that you'll learn about me is that I love business. Finger and in I all love, the pies. I love starting new businesses. It's just something that I really enjoy. It's like a hobby. Everyone has a hobby, and mine's yeah. just starting new. So did you, um, sorry, did you originally start out tattooing? Because I don't really know your history that uh, at all. No, 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 I'll tell you what, I'll come on to that. Let me just finish this. Okay, this, cool. This little, <laughs> this little bore the shit out of your listeners, but I don't care, you're listening to it anyway. Um, I was speaking to a barista, a friend of mine, and I said, oh, I fancied opening a coffee shop. She worked at Costa. Oh, she works at Costa. Uh, she said, oh, you don't want to be going into this industry now because obviously Coca-Cola has taken over Costa and like he's too big, you'll never get a foothold. I was just like, it didn't scare me. Like it, it doesn't scare me at all because I like the whole branding of a new new business and I'll start small. I'll just be like, I'm not going to like instantly going to open a hundred shops and think I can take on Costa Coffee. Yeah, but I can one shop. But if you have probably, that, if you have that in mind, exactly, you're already exactly. off on to a good good foot. Exactly, they just don't they don't worry me at all. No, at all. And I've never been concerned by competition. That's why I'm happy to go up against Lush, yeah. like with a big smile on my face. Yeah, and I won't. Not in an animosity way, because I'll, I'll still shake hands with whoever owns the company. Um, I actually quite admire Lush. They're a British company. They started in Dorset. I think it was in the 90s. And now they're worldwide. I mean, yeah. I play to them. I'd definitely shake their hands. I think they're doing really well. And like I say, I, I want to get into that market. Myself. Yeah, that's good to hear like, that you have that view as well. Like A lot of my biggest main competitors in the UK for screen printing and apparel and like um, merchandise businesses, I would love, I, I can definitely see myself up at that level at some point and i would absolutely i cannot fucking wait to be there and it just pisses me off that i'm not there right now but i know <laughs> yeah. i've i know i've got to do this in order yep. to get there so it's yeah. it's a it's a patience game you've got to have you've got to have the vision to where you want to go you don't even need to know all the steps you need to make in order to get there you just need to know the next step yeah that's all you need in business you need to know the next step of where you want to be so you're climbing that ladder don't look at where, by all means, obviously, keep an eye on where you want to be. Keep an eye on the top because that's where you want to be at. But don't try and plan all the steps ahead and go, right, I need to do this. And then that will give me that. And then that will give me that. Yeah. Because you never know when that one rung is going to go, actually, I can go in this direction or I can go in this direction. Yeah. Now that now that I'm at this level, I could go here or here. So don't don't worry about it. Just worry about the next step and just keep moving. Cool. Thank you. Good, good advice. Uh, where did I start? Did I start out tattooing? Yeah. I think you asked. Um, no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I wanted to be a tattooist, and um, I realised that I couldn't draw. Essentially, that that's what I was saying before. I couldn't. I couldn't draw. And like, um, actually, that's a lie. I can draw. I just don't have the patience to sit down and and actually keep practicing and getting better and getting better and getting better. I want to do it right now. Yeah. And I got um, a, a very I don't want to say shitty, but I was just, I was an apprentice at this tattoo shop. I was only there one day a week. So it wasn't like I was an apprentice full time. Like I was only there one day a week. And what I didn't know at the time is that the woman wasn't actually a very good tattooist. She'd, um, she would, she'd not been entirely truthful about how she learned to sort of be in this industry and so on and so forth. But uh, to cut a long story short, I left there 
um, I had previously a business that I'd started from home um, unlocking phones while I was a civil servant full time. I was unlocking phones part time and um, I sold that business in 2009. And then I used uh, some of the money from the sale of that to get trained in and to buy my first high grade medical laser equipment to, be, to, to remove tattoos. Um, cause I saw that as a way into getting into the tattoo industry because at that point in time, they weren't really, um, tattooists doing laser. Yeah. So back in like 2009, we're talking sort of, you know, this, this, that just wasn't a thing. So, uh, so that was sort of like my way in. And what I did from there was while still working as a civil servant, I set up part time, I was doing like remote, uh, mobile tattoo removal, but like in tattoo shops. So I used to go to two tattoo shops. Um, every other week and I would do one day a week in each tattoo shop um, removing tattoos and I built up a client base enough to open up my own tattoo shop and hire a tattooist and that from there just went from one shop to two shops I ended up with um, one two three four uh, so like ten ten artists working between both shops and what's the time frame of this from start to where you are now from 2009 I opened up the first tattoo shop in 2012 and I opened up the second tattoo shop in 2013. Quick. Nice. So yeah. You don't fuck around. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really, to be honest, once I see something, I just, I just go, uh, just go hell for leather with it. And um, yeah, it kind of, it, it just grew really well. I mean, the, the plan was, it was I wanted to make a chain of tattoo studios because again, that wasn't like a thing at that point yeah. in time. And I remember being on holiday in Florida and it was actually, in t- it was in 2009 when I um, sold uh, my mobile phone unlocking business. Um, I was in uh, Florida mall in Orlando and this tattoo shop had just opened up and it was like the first tattoo shop to open up inside a mall. It was called Atomic Tattoos and it was like their 11th. And obviously, you know, it's like, in America, they, have, they have like chains of everything, don't they? Well, this is yeah. like a chain of tattoo shops, which again was unheard of. And they've got 11, this is like number 11 tattoo shop um and i was just like that's that's and i'd already had the idea of wanting to go down that route anyway and then this just showed that the model could work and that's what i thought that i was going to go on and and do but um so when's number three opening there isn't <laughs> the other two <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah of course yeah yeah i sold those in uh, 2017 to uh, two good friends of mine who because what i did is how i ran my tattoo shops is that I ran it as a partnership. So with my Crooks tattoo shop, I was in a part partnership with my friend, uh, Pete Miles. He's a tattooist. And um, so we would profit split the income from the chair rental from, you know, from the commission from the other artists. Yeah. Uh, and on my Ecclesaw Road tattoo shop, which I ran with uh, my partner, Nick Kilby, he was also a laser technician and a body piercer. <coughs> so he, uh, he, he bought that shop and Pete bought the other shop, but they kept the name. So they run it as like a joint like brand. So it's the, the brand's called Good Vibrations Tattoo. And um, so they run it under the, under the one umbrella, but they're both independent businesses that operate separately. But what they do is they work really well together is that they pass work to each shop. because nice. they're under the, So they keep passing work to each other and it, and it works really, really well. And if you, if you notice the, um, the old branding, I don't know if you've seen the new branding for the Yayo stuff, but the old branding with the, you know, with the Yayo man, at the uh, like the cholo guy he's got yeah, GVT, yeah. gvt written across his chest that's good vibrations tattoo ah uh, okay <laughs> it's all quite subliminal he's got um 
on his arm, his left arm, he's got um, um, a, a bottle of Henderson's Relish, which is a Sheffield, like Liam Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then on his arm, it says orate, which is like a, a Sheffield word for it. All right. All right. So, right. And he's, that's uh, when you're taking drinks in the corporation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. Have you been in corporation? Yeah, I've been corporate. I used to be in a band and uh, we, we toured and Sheffield was one of our spots that we uh, we went to. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Good crack. Good crack after. Yeah. It, yeah. It's all right. Sticky floors, cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. And then on the uh, on the Yale man, back to the Yale man, his hat, he, he has a cap twist backwards, which is I tend to normally wear my caps twisted backwards. And on the front of it, it says Crooks. Crooks. Where I opened the original tattoo shop, so it's, it was all kind of like subliminal based it's all around. Homage to your it is. Amazing. It is. Yeah. That's awesome. I've got. I've literally got that in my. Uh, we've got a glass case, and I've got yeah. like that in my. Uh, I got. I've got an empty. But I've got an empty. Uh, I need to reorder a load of stuff actually. <laughs> but I've got an empty one in my case, and everyone's always like. Uh, have you got any more of that stuff? Like yeah, yeah, yo, yo, stuff. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. Mate, like, the amount of people, right, that, that they'll call me up from a business and they're like, oh, is that the managing director for Yayo? And I'm like, can I just stop you there, mate? I'm like, you know, if you take away the O from the word, what does it say? They went, oh, yay. So, right, well, now stick the O back on. Now what does it say? Oh, Yayo. Like, right. <laughs> you want to start this phone call again? <laughs> I, get, um, I get old Eatons because nobody thinks they're stupid enough to call a business old Eltons. Yeah. <laughs> I get Sarsom. Like, awesome. oh, yeah. Someone someone went into the spa and asked for circumcised tattoo once. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like sersum tattoos, not oh. not fucking uh, circumcised tattoos. I was like, well, I can have circumcised tattoos. Circumcised tattoos. That's fine. You could reuse the skin. No, I'm not even going. To oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. That's a, that's a new low. So yeah. we talked earlier about like um, chimp paradox. We yeah. talked about like you know that mind management element um mm-hmm. how you've like how you've like developed your business and you also before we started recording you we had a little chat about you you having kids um yeah. are there any personal life-changing moments that you feel have defined you as a business owner and if so what did you take from those situations to help you progress further in yourself and get to your current destination do you know what that's a really really good question um and to answer that completely honestly no <laughs> there are none that I, I always i would love to have a really poignant answer for you to be able to give you some like little gems of vision of like oh wow that's where he came from and all that but i don't i literally don't i take every day as it comes um i do look into the future from a business aspect i think i've always i've always been business minded ever since i was a kid and not realized it until I got into so like being in my twenties that I realized I wanted to be a business owner and I did it completely by accident. But I don't have like a poignant moment of any time where I just think that something's changed my mindset and gone, that's the destination that I want to go to. This is what I strive for. Obviously everyone has their why and their why is obviously generally nine times out of 10, their why is going to be their family. It's going to be their kids that they don't, they want to leave a legacy for their kids or they want to leave a legacy about themselves or they want to make sure that their kids are financially taken care of if something were to happen to them or after they yeah. go and think that. And, that. and that is generally most people's why. 
and that's still and that would be mine as well because i love my kids to bits they're fucking nightmare sometimes but i love them to bits and but i don't have like a i don't have like an epiphany moment of like this is what's causing me to go down this route the only time i've actually ever had uh, an epiphany moment is like when we say when we talk about the chimp paradox is some of my personal behaviors were not always beneficial to myself it you know it, it pushed people away because i was more i'm very abrupt you know like i'm very uh, upfront with people i don't i don't have this um oh like i'll be nice to your face and, and talk bullshit behind your back if i have a problem with you i i will say i've got a problem with you and i'll yeah. be straight up with it but that's not always given me um the best impression with people they always know where they stand but it's not always giving me this all like the, the best light with people but equally i've not always gone about it the right way whereas now i'm more constructive with it and i give people feedback on the reason why i might have to um be direct for, yeah. for any particular reason and that's all because of um like my girlfriend really because she's the <laughs> she's the only one like my ex-wife i get on with really really well uh we're like such we're like best mates but she probably put up with a lot of my sort of like stroppy behaviors because for an easy life because it was just easier for her to just put up with it and just so sort of like just just crack on with stuff yeah. whereas my girlfriend who's also called megan uh, it's not my business partner it's, it's someone else but she she was the the only one to ever turn and go um pack that bullshit out right well, now then, or I'm well i guess then that we can probably say that she's your personal life-changing moment <laughs> essentially yeah i mean that yourself <laughs> the business was I think, yeah. yeah you're right yeah from you, from what you've said it sounds like you've all, always had that like go get attitude and they for someone like you possibly there's not that life change thing to <laughs> like epiphany you weren't standing on top of a mountain and the, you know your balls <laughs> fell out of your jeans and you were like <laughs> actually i could wear some pants and i need to get some cream on that so uh <laughs> whatever. it's more of like um yeah it's more of i think more of you sound like a, the switch went when you needed to change your mindset which is amazing it was it was it was mate really to be honest and um I've, I've always if we're talking like from a business aspect i've always just gone from gut feeling i've never done a business plan in my life not once i don't understand it doesn't make sense i, don't, <laughs> I wouldn't know where to fucking start the, the only thing that I think about a business plan is two things. One is for yourself to know where you're going. Uh, and this is, I've learned since I've opened businesses is to know where you're going and to have a plan for the next 12 months. But also if you want to get a loan from a bank to be able to just say, look, I've projected this and this is what's going to happen. It might be total bullshit, but at least you've done some research to at least yeah. show the bank if you need some money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but like I've never I've never done that, and it was I went to a networking event, a business networking event in the in, in Sheffield uh, a couple of years ago, and and that was the first time I ever actually listened to people talk about self uh, improvement in business and reading books yeah. and listening to podcasts and taking courses in order to improve themselves and having business mentors to improve themselves in business. And I never I never looked on that before, so um, that was the first time I was ever introduced to the book, the E Myth. And um, it went from there, really. So when I first started researching any sort of book, and I, and I started with that one, I've just gone from the next to the next mm -hmm. to the next. I'm continually learning all the time. I'm literally learning all the time now. Yeah. So yeah, I bet you found lockdown quite quite helpful, like being able to like get all that 
spare time to just sit down and better yourself. And... Oh, mate, you think so, but the girlfriend's got me running around like a blue-ass fly. I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> How many shells have you put up, man? <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, you know what? I'm 22 stone. I'm a big guy. I could bench press 160 kilo, but can I do DIY? Can I fuck? I am absolutely <laughs> shocking. If you need a bit of business advice, setting up a Shopify website or anything like that, I'm your man. If you want a shelf putting up and it's going to fall off, no problem. I am there for you. They <laughs> put, I am the last person you come for or come to for uh, DIY advice. You'd actually go to my ex-wife because she was, <laughs> but honestly, she was more of a man than I am because I am shocking at DIY. I'd love to be able to do all that. I've got no patience your strengths, right? Recognize <laughs> your strengths. Yeah. 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 I, can, yeah. I can lift really heavy shit, but I can't put a fucking shelf. It's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Amazing. Uh, that's, the, uh, that's, that's all of our questions, that's man. Like, yeah. Is it, are you done? Are you yeah, done? That's done? It. We, we, you said an hour, so you know, we've, uh, we've done it to, to what you... Uh, do you know, in, the hour was only because uh, the girlfriend was moaning that she couldn't come to bed, so... Only <laughs> 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 really I've got all the spare room that I could have like recorded this in. So I was like, oh, I'll just use the bedroom. And she's like, oh, but what about when I want to come to bed and like watch a movie? And I'm like, oh, right, I'm going to have to wrap yeah, it up. Perfect. <laughs> but you know, what? you know what? She's not called me. So if you've got anything else, you can just fire away. But, uh, <laughs> so uh, I've got one. Do you go. see, do you see Yale going internationally? Like, like as big as hustle, but uh, can you see that within what you're doing or? Yeah. Not yet. Yeah, I can absolutely. Yeah, um, for me, I've not pushed it as much internationally as I could have done. Uh, uh, mainly down to the fact that I was never entirely happy with the branding originally. I liked it. I think it stood really well in the tattoo industry, but it wasn't ever done with any sort of like branding in mind. And obviously as time's gone on, as the business has been open, I've looked more about branding and, and, and things like that. I know it, it, it's very, um, it, it's very masculine. It, it caters to one side of the tattoo community, but there's like a whole other side where they're not, it turns people off. The branding turns people off. So I was never hundred percent happy with it. So I've never really overly pushed it in certain markets until I was happier with, that side of things so that's that's essentially what i've been waiting on and that's what we've just launched with so if you get a chance to take a look at the new branding i, I yeah. absolutely love it um and it pays homage even though it's got like uh, it looks more universally friendly it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice it's a nice yeah. um, it's a nice touch like it, I, do, it, I do branding and uh, logo design as well so um yeah it's, it's a nice simple yeah and it pays homage side of things with their um with a traditional swallow design, yes. swallow design there. Yeah, so it's, yeah. um, it's to show where we came from. So obviously, because we're moving also into mainstream skincare, I don't want people to think, oh, he's had enough of the tattoo community because I, I, I genuinely haven't. I, the, the tattoo industry, I absolutely love it. As a non-tattooist as well, to have to have the, the industry and the community embrace me and Yeo. Mm. And so like... Yeah include me as sort of like one of their own and i'm not a tattooist i, I did body piercings and i did body modifications i was half expecting you to to come on and be like absolutely tattooless <laughs> i'm like holy shit this guy's got some massive balls <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man i've got some fucking 90s tribal shit there that one there everyone thinks i'm 
fucking some sort of like right wing fucking combat 18 bull. <laughs> no, that was just literally the first tattoo that I had done. I walked into a tattoo shop called Steel City Tattoos in Sheffield. Uh, for the for the benefit of the podcast, this is just a Union Jack. And um, <laughs> I walked in and I, and I had 20 quid. I was with my older brother and I just went, uh, I'll have that one. And that, and that was literally it. And the only reason it's not covered up yet is because it was the first tattoo I ever had. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. And then eventually I've live had all these, I had all these 90s, I had all these tribal fucking done because I thought, oh, that looks cool. And it's not. And, um, <laughs> and that's it. And then on the other arm, I've got like a full black work sort of sleeve going on. Uh, and it's, you can't really see in that video and hopefully none of your viewers will see this but um yeah he's he's it's um like a nordic sort of sleeve nice yeah so uh, yeah I've, uh, I, I love tattoos and i love the tattoo industry it's been really really good to me um i love the camaraderie that you get with it i really enjoyed having a tattoo shop because it's so full of banter and yeah. every it wasn't like going to work every day it was just like going to hang out with your mates they do tattoos, you chat shit, you chat shit with the customers, you, you have a laugh. Yeah, yeah, you have a laugh, you go home, and it, it, was as, it was as good as that, and I really, really enjoyed it. So, so um, I did notice as well that, like, you're, you're, like, packaging the stuff is, like, you're going down the route of being more yeah. eco-friendly. Are you going to develop that? Are we going to develop it further? Yeah, developing it further. Uh, I would love to get rid of um, all of the single-use plastic that we do. I'd love to get rid of it all. The problem that we've got is that uh, Yale Guard, which is the um, the film, the tattoo film, it's primarily made of plastic. Mm. And by definition, it's going to be single use. So unless there is another product that we can get that will match that, that wouldn't be either a single use plastic or it would be an eco-friendly plastic, we could never be 100% single use plastic friendly at this point in time. But we will always look to um, when a product comes out, if we can move over to that and it is just as good, if not better than we will do. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm, I'm all for, I mean, the, I'm not vegan, but the product when we launched it and all the products we've launched since are all vegan. Yeah. I think we, we if you, we would have known if you were vegan by you telling us straight away when you came on the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, guys, well, uh, what do you, what do, you, what do you, what do you, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you, cheeky there for a second. Cheeky bastard. <laughs> uh, he's, he's basically just sat there. He's like, yeah, we knew you weren't a vegan, mate, you're a fat bastard. So it's like, <laughs> coming down there. Uh, yeah, I'm not vegan, but I do, I do like the vegan ethos. I do like the fact of, like, you know, being animal friendly. I went vegetarian for a year, uh, a few years back. And um, now I eat much less meat than I used to. Um, I, I did start eating meat again because what happened was I put on a stone, or probably nearly two stone actually, when I was vegetarian for a year because I just stopped eating meat and I started eating more bread. And it just, that was like the worst thing for me. Um, so I went back to eating meat and that was, that was a difficult transition because I'd got myself in the mindset of, of being sort of like, being at least vegetarian, well, even though I wasn't fully vegan. Um, and then, and since then I saw like, I eat less meat now anyway, just as sort of like as a, as a natural part of my diet. But I like the whole ethos behind everything being vegan anyway, because, you know, there's so much option available these days that you don't necessarily have to have animal products and everything. Mm. And like the, the ethos behind that for, for Yeo is that we'll never make anything that's 
Um, we've got animal byproducts or animal products in there and everything will be cruelty free 100%. So that the, the eco-friendly range is just a natural add on to that is that, you know, you need to save the planet. We only got one. And um, if we can avoid putting out single use plastics wherever we can, then it's, it's best to do so. Absolutely. Um, and we get, we get asked actually, since we've launched the eco range, which has only been a, like about a week, we get asked quite a lot that, uh, Oh, can we send the, the, the packaging back to you for recycling? I would love to say yes, but the carbon footprint against that would, would go completely against the eco friendliness of the packaging itself. So we have to say to people, say, look, if you've got so many saved up that you want to send to us over a period of time, by all means, but you would need to save like a year to two years worth of packaging just to send back to us. And all we'll do when we get it is we'll recycle it locally. So your best bet is to recycle it at your local recycle center because they'll do a much better job. And the carbon footprint of that is going to be much, much lower. Yeah. So yeah. It's, um, it's like anything. But the plastic that we use, the plastic was all fully recyclable. But most people don't see the plastic as recyclable. They all see it because it's single use mm. that it just gets thrown in the bin. Whereas generally aluminium gets thrown into a recycle bin. Yeah. Amazing. Um, another question is what artists do you want using Yayo that are not using it at the minute because they're sponsored by someone else? Oh, good question. Um, trying to think of the ones that sort of spring to mind really um well, are some of them so old school that they're still using vaseline <laughs> <laughs> i mean to be fair vaseline does have its place but it's um vaseline a lot, a lot what a lot of people don't realize that vaseline's flammable it's um it, 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 i mean it's made from petrol so if you get vaseline it's not directly flammable you can't put like a lighter to it and it'll set on fire but if it gets in with your clothes it makes your clothes flammable mm. And uh, not many people are aware of that. But artist-wise, I'd probably say Amy Edwards is probably high up there on my list. Uh, I would like Amy Edwards because she's such a, an amazing realism artist. It's abs She's absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's probably so many that I can't just sit here and list them all off. But I would I would yeah. Amy's probably up there as uh, like one of my favourites. She's absolutely absolutely superb at what she does. Have you reached out to her? Um, I think we did when she just got sponsored by uh, Butterlux. Um, and I think we did. I think it was about, we were about a week oh, too late. Um, <sighs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, fair play. She's, she's stuck with him. And, you know, I do admire, I do admire loyalty um, because mm. it's uh, a lot of people, a lot of artists um, will go with whatever's going to be free to them. And I can't blame them at all because at the end of the day, they've all got bills to pay. So if they can save money in one direction or another, um they'll choose the one that's going to give them the sort of like the best um value for money um and then you obviously you'll get some that will stick with the ones because they've stuck with them from day one um whether or not it's all that affects their pocket or not and that's you also admire that too so you, you know you can't blame me in either direction but uh amy's stuck with butter looks we only approached that once we never approached her again because i'm not in the business of poaching people yeah um uh, you know, that's there are other brands out there that will go underhand directly to your artists and try because we get so every time, every single time someone approaches our artists, they generally let me know. Um, so I know it happens like on yeah. a week. Yeah. Um, it's just not one of those things you shout about. If they want to do that, that's fine. It's just not part of my business ethos. I just won't do that. Is anybody cause... using the uh, hashtag? <laughs> 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 
yeah, that fucker Richard Bulldog, he does it all the time. Yeah, pull him Carver's a bitch. Carver's a bitch. Dear me. I'm going to send him a very polite cease and desist. Uh, do you know what? I don't, I don't like look at it often enough to uh, to be able to tell you because um, if someone's going to use it to push their own brand, they're going to use it to push their own brand and I've got bigger things to worry about than people using the hashtag. Do you know what I mean? It's at the end of the day, if they're using my hashtag, they're only, all they're going to do is not only they're going to be notifying people of their products because they're putting it under their hashtag, our hashtag, but they're also going to notify people about our products. So they're advertising us indirectly. So, you know, fill your boots. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to do? Yeah. Is there um? Is there anything you want to ask us? Like, obviously, I'm in your, in the industry that I'm in the, your industry as well. So, or is there anything you want to ask Jack? Because he's had tattoos yeah. that need healing. Yeah, I was I was pretty nervous. I was pretty nervous coming into this because obviously this isn't my industry. My industry is is garments and, and merchandise, and I have a load of tattoos. But yeah, I've, I didn't really know what to expect from this. So, oh, well, to be honest, I mean, it's like, how did you two? Get- get together to form this podcast well the uh, right i used to do artwork for bands when i lived in cardiff and that was when i was st- first starting off um like learning tattooing and hanging out in physical graffiti i don't know if you know chris jones and chris hatton and all those boys yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so i used i started yeah. hanging out with those boys um and then i moved like i did artwork and moved to west wales and the only person that i knew on my facebook was jack and I did artwork for his band. So I went into um, I went into a nightclub and Jack was in there and I was like, I haven't got a tattoo machine. He, wa- he fucking walked up to me and went, I know who the fuck you are. <laughs> I was hammered. I'm like, fuck, what have I done? I had no tattoos at this point. Like, my leg's done, but... And he put his number in my phone, like Matthew Price, like uh, Matthew Diaz, I think you yeah, put it in as then. And he said, uh, text me if uh, text me if you want a tattoo. Because I, I, I started off the wrong way. I taught myself, you know, yeah. tattooing my legs. I used to work yeah. in the steelworks, so I was working four on, four off, and tattooing my legs. But Jack was like my first coloured sleeve that I was working on. And then I had a black and grey sleeve I was working on. I wasn't charging those boys at all, and I wasn't taking anybody else in. I was just doing those two boys, and that was it. I was learning, and they knew the process. They knew exactly what was fucking happening until we were like all at a point where we were just like, yeah, I'll get the counselling, and we'll like get everything sorted properly. It's not the right way, not the best way, but we're in... Yeah, but it's the way yeah and it, it's a rural area, so there was, there was like one tattoo studio around here that could have taught me. The, the, well, there was two like half decent ones. The one I was like, I went over and he was like, ah, oh, there's no room here for you. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. And the other one, the week that I sent an email over, he'd gone to prison <laughs> for like stabbing someone or something. I was like, ah, it's probably best that I, I just tattooed my legs and my mates. So, um, yeah. So then we, we just became really, really good mates. Um, um, just, massively hit her off through that sort of sense and we we've kind of grown things at a similar time as well yeah, like yeah. my studio's only been open since yeah. 2013 but like my new studio has been opened in the last like uh through two years or three mm. years so like i got a shop now you've got you've got two no shoes. no i was two i shoes. was basically i was i had a farm and 
with my ex-wife and I had a log cabin that I developed into a studio. So I'd literally walk up the top of my drive and we split up. So I was like, right, get your shit together, get a shot. Um, the studio was amazing at the top of the drive. Like it was, it was incredible. It was awesome. And it was, it, it's exactly, it looked exactly the same as what I've got now. Like all the floors the same, all the tiles the same, like, and it was all like regulated properly, you know? Um, so, I took, I took, I find, found now that like I've gone, taken that step further and gone into a shop and I'm more respected by more artists and I'm, I don't know, it just feels like I'm a shop owner. It's nicer, you know, it's a kind of, I've got more balls, I've got more structure. And I think the next step maybe is to open another one, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm at, 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 like, yeah, you've also got, I've got two boys. You've got other tattoo artists. Yeah, I've got two boys working with me. We've got a piercer. It's, it's like, it's, it's not a massive shop. You know, got like maybe coming out of this, um, I'll probably look into getting uh, an apprentice a bit more because I've noticed that, like what you said earlier on, I've been thinking it myself as well as like of working smarter, not harder. And like one of those things is just having more fucking people working for you when you're a shop owner. Like it's, it's stupid, like not to be utilizing that element. Yeah. The advantage I had about being a non-tattooist owning a tattoo shop, apart from the fact that it is, it's frowned upon in the tattoo community, but the advantage I found I had is that uh, I remember one one time is a, a few years ago I went to went to the states for a month and I was able to go there and know that the shop was open every day, everything was run every day because I had a manager who was running the shop with me. We were partners. I know that all the money was getting taken. I know everything was calculated. Obviously, we run everything digitally, so. All the bookings were online. I could see them on a daily basis. If they needed me, they could just drop me a WhatsApp message and I'm right there. Um, and I had that freedom to be able to go and do that. And um, I would definitely advocate either partnering with someone who can oversee things or at least having some systems in place so that you know that when you're not there, you, you know, things are just mm -hmm. running by the book. But, you you know, just make sure that you've got everything like, like clockwork, yeah. essentially. So you don't need to you don't need to concern yourself with it because you never know what life throws at you. Like for example, it was uh, 2016. Um, my mum uh, came down in the April with um, a grade four glioblastoma, which is uh, brain cancer, and she passed away in the October. And for the most of that year, I weren't I weren't even in the studio. I was I was probably in there for one or two days and then I was with my mum for the rest of the time like with her in hospital and things like that because you just want to spend as much time with with, with your loved ones as you can because you know that they're, they're probably not going to be around for very much longer and thankfully for me because of the the way I'd structured my business I was I had the freedom to go and do that I didn't need to be there all the laser customers that came in they got trapped all the tattoo artists were looked after all the clients were all tattooed and everything all the money was handled and I didn't need to worry about it because I had really good people around me um so that was one of the luxuries that i had to be able to go and do that and spend so much time you just never know when an emergency situation is going to come up where you're going to need that um All you know those the net, yeah the net yeah absolutely absolutely yeah well that's good good to know that you you know you put those things in place in order to help you there yeah i mean yeah. I, and I did, this is before i even read the e-myth i did it completely just off into <laughs> Like I say, I've never done, I've never studied a business course. Mm. Uh, at this point, I'd never read a business book. Uh, I'd literally just done everything by, by gut feeling. And my gut feeling was, for me at that point in time, was to have 
good people that I like to work with um, that would be partners in the business. Yeah. Um, and that I know that if I, if I weren't there, essentially it was their business and I was almost like the puppet master overseeing everything and just making sure everything ran sort of smoothly. So if I went out of place, they were still, everyone knew their jobs. Everyone knew what, when everyone acted like a family, we all sort of rallied together. So it, it worked yeah. out, it worked out pretty well. But uh, since then, obviously I've learned about systems and so on and so forth. So I advocate that for anyone in, in anyone's business, really. Yeah, no, that's good. So, um, we're probably going to wrap it up now, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. Cool. It's been like a massive pleasure to have you, hey, mate, honestly. Like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's really, hey, really it's good. Like, really this. good, like, informative, good. like, um, like, podcast with yourself. Like, I really appreciate your time. And, like, obviously, knowing the industry that you're in is the same as mine as well. It's like, it's, this is massive for me. This is really big for me. Um, yeah. If you want, do you want to, like, plug your um socials a minute like have you got you've got your instagram and all yeah i mean um if uh if there's anyone out there that doesn't know who yeo familiar then you can log on to either our website which is www.yeofamilia.uk <laughs> <laughs> uh you can find facebook yeo familiar you can find us on uh, instagram yeo familiar snapchat yeo familiar twitter yeo familiar uh, but also, if you're interested in listening to some bullshit podcast by some host called Kirk Diggler, you can find that shortly. It's not quite live yet. I was going to say, I couldn't find it anywhere. No, you can't, mate. <laughs> it's not fucking there. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've got uh, four episodes recorded. I've got another two happening this Friday. And I'm going to launch with six straight off the bat. And then I'm going to release one weekly. And that's uh, WTF Diggler. Um, I appreciate that WTF is normally uh, what the fuck, but it's actually, for mine, it's who the fuck's Diggler. It is just me, and it's just uh, like, who the fuck's Diggler? And he's <laughs> so like, are you oh. interviewing anybody? Are you? Uh, yeah, I've interviewed um, a friend of mine called Rob Moore. He's a um, self-made multimillionaire mm. um, to get his scope on, uh, on marketing in 2020, especially around the whole COVID-19, which is what we're all in at the minute with, uh, with the whole lockdown situation. Yeah. Uh, I've interviewed a couple of other business owners, like a marketing expert. I've interviewed someone about leveraging your lifestyle, so about like outsourcing a lot of your business contacts in order to sort of like help you get more free time. Mm. I've interviewed a lady business contact of mine who about system how to system. Excuse me, about to systemize your how to systemize your business. Cool. I'll definitely give out a listen. And when is the listen on Friday? Uh, no, no, I've got a couple more to record on Friday. It's probably going to be released in about two weeks. Amazing. Okay. Uh, but it'll all be on there. It'll be on uh, Spotify and Apple iTunes and so on and so forth. Are you using Anchor to uh, distribute that? How are you distributing it? Uh, it's going through Podbean. Okay. Podbean, Podbean for it, and um, yeah. and then and then it goes from there. Is that you? Do you use Anchor? No, I use Anchor because it's free. I'm not paying for anything. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, Anchor is actually very, very good. It was just, yeah. I was recommending Podbean because it's got so many other um, uh, avenues that you can do. Because obviously, if you wanted to put um, dynamic adverts in there further down the line when your podcast actually gets pretty big, then you can, yeah. you can, you can backfill that from your old um, podcast episode. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the only downfall with Anchor because you have to be in America in order to earn money through advertisement, which sucks. Yeah. But um, yeah, I looked at Podbean, I just didn't have the, the cash. 
uh, and we didn't have we only had one episode so i was like fuck yeah. it let's find i've only one. i've only listened like literally <laughs> this week bought uh, a mic and some headphones i i did have these for today these uh, are right look at these man so these are the ones that i did have that i was gonna wear <laughs> oh no no mate you should stick with them if you're gonna use the videos <laughs> for your vlogs you should stick with them for the benefit of the podcast, he's holding up some unicorn Fashion. ears that are flashing. <laughs> I didn't even notice they're flashing. That is absolutely Flash amazing. Me. Do you know what? You should continue to use that because if on the vlog, that would that would look good. That would look All right, so cool. Better. I'll get rid of these really snazzy yeah. Bluetooth ones. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me. It's no been Thanks, Jay. And um, maybe, uh, you know, you guys can come on to my podcast in the future and we can have another old chat. Let's do that. I'd love to do that. Mate, thank you very much. You take care, man. Take it easy. Take care. Bye. 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 Once again, a huge thank you for listening to the episode. This one was a really good laugh, but quite difficult for me as this is more Matt's industry and his field of knowledge is much larger than mine. I guess he would have probably felt the same last week when we were talking to Dylan about screen printing. But regardless, we both help each other and we have such an awesome time doing so. So thank you once again for all of your support. Don't forget that you can check out the show notes on www.progressionoverdestination.co.uk and if you enjoyed, please leave us a message on any of our socials. Our handle is at Progression Over Destination. Next week, tune in because we've got a really good friend of mine, Liam Watkins, who's the events manager out at Sin City in Swansea. It's going to be a really good one. We had a lot of laughs and I really can't wait for all of you to hear it. We'll see you then.